You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. For a good one. Ooh. A real, real good one. This looks nice. I I can't wait to try this. Oh, Oh, that Mm. smell. That aroma. Mm. It's just so perfect. Bursting. I haven't been this excited for a cup of coffee in a while. And it's partially because you've hyped it up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know. I've only, okay <laughs> I've only hyped it up because I've only hyped it up because it's my second glass of the day thus far, so I'm already hyped up as it is. But about to be more with this beautiful, just coffee co-op coffee called Early Bird, which has a little was that a like a pigeon? <clears throat> I, I guess so. I think he is he on a uh, what is it? He's on a unicycle. Yeah, oh, okay. He's on a little unicycle going after a worm. Oh. Hmm. It's their uh, spring seasonal blend. Mm. Notes of dried cherry, blueberry, and milk chocolate. Mm. I love how you say that to me, Adam. <laughs> the, the tagline for this one is give winter the bird. <laughs> so, so I've had this uh, hot before, but I've not had it iced. So let's uh, give it a little Okay. cheersy. How's it, mm. how's it smelling? Oh, it's, it smells scrumptious, sir. So I made this out of, in the AeroPress. Oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. Ooh. I knew I was in for a good cup of coffee. I don't know what it is lately, but I've been really liking lighter blends. Just the dark and the medium roast. Just I don't know. I like the light. I feel like I taste more of the flavors in it. Maybe it's just because of the season. If I had to take a guess, you know, summer, be. maybe it just kind of goes along with the lighter roast. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I haven't used the AeroPress in a while either. Yeah. No, you haven't. No, this has been a while. I, lo- I love it when you use that thing. That's good. Now, for those of you who do not know Adam like I do, every time he whips out the AeroPress, a crowd of people just seem to come over and watch him use it. What is this thing? What is this contraption? What is this? (laughs) And I always love watching you do it. I, I really do because you're just in another zone. It's a science, man. You gotta there are a lot of variables you gotta get. Make sure yeah. your beans are all there and the water's hot enough and you're mixing at the right time. Well, my mad scientist co host, Adam, who is just starting to feel a rush of caffeine. Oh there, my god, dude. Wow. John. Makes a great cup of coffee. Aw. And John sips the coffee that I make. Mm, yes. So I'm thankful for that as well. I have the easy job. <laughs> he has the hard job. <laughs> One of these days, we'll have to do like a John makes me coffee scenario and just see what happens. Oh, you're 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 just gonna have to be too kind. Just be like, oh, <laughs> like everything falls over. Mm, yes, this is delicious. I turn around, you spit it out. You know, one of those kind of things. Oh, we're sampling like wine. Is that why you're throwing it up? <laughs> yes, that's exactly why. <laughs> And we are your hosts today on another episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Discussion. And not only is this a big episode because Adam has made another fine cup of coffee, or should I say damn fine cup of coffee. Oh, look at you, Dale Cooper. <laughs> but this 
is a big episode because we are covering a big music release. Big. Big. Huge. <laughs> we love that here. Vampire Weekend, the father of the bride. Yes, she is a bride, and she needs a father to walk her down the road that we call Vampire Weekend's fourth album. <laughs> I liked how you described that. You made it and work, this right? has been a really long-awaited album, too. So Six we years in the making. Six years in the making. So this, this is big, at least in the indie scene. Maybe, maybe not big in the radio scene. Interesting but. that it's also um, their first really big. Wait, they were on Capitol Records before, right? Uh, they. Mm, oh, I, oh, sorry. Their first album was self-produced. No, they were they were on what's the label? Oh, I'm blanking on it. I can tell you in a second. Yeah, but, but, c- but continue with your. I was thought. gonna say, is this their first big major label debut? I think they were on XL Recordings for the first three albums. That's right. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is on Sony. Yes, Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Columbia. So it's a new era for Vampire Weekend. Yeah, there's a lot of new things. New new record company, uh, new band members. Yep. New yeah. sound. New style. Guest appearances. What? There is a lot to talk about, buddy. Yeah. I am very, very excited to talk to you about this album. Me too. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Y- your reaction was not far off there, man, because dang. Like, I feel like I just got superpowers. Like, I'm powering up I don't know what it is with the Just Coffee co-op stuff, but their caffeine is just like, it hits you. It hits you hard. Like, I just put on that Infinity Gauntlet right there. (laughs) (laughs) Aw. Are we, are we, we, we're not talking about spoilers in the movie yet, are we? Uh, I don't think we should do that. It's only been a week. Although, to be fair, Practically almost everything was spoiled to me practically before I saw it. Oh, I don't want to do that to somebody. That's all right. But I mean, we, I think we can at least safely say it is definitely worth seeing. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it quite a lot. A lot I'm of, glad lot, I saw it when I did. A lot of in questionable moments here and there. Oh yeah. When it comes to a certain element of the movie. Yeah. And just, it'll be interesting to see how the new Spider-Man movie does and how it connects everything that happened into this. Yeah. Without I, giving much away. Either way, I'm, I'm excited. You, yeah. you, you know me, I'm a big comic book guy. So I'm all about all these comic book movies. Just, just keep them coming. I want all of them. Give me them. Give don't me different stop. ones. Give me ones that surprise me. Just, just keep them coming. Don't stop coming. And they don't stop coming. I'm not bored at all. Just like I'm not bored of star Wars either. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Really? I, you're, you're bored of Star Wars? I'm excited for the last movie, but like, I don't know. I don't care how Han Solo got his Millennium Falcon. He just got it. Like, I don't need to see how it happened. I actually thought Han Solo was great. Oh, I never saw it. I I, I, I don't care how he met you. Why can't he just know Chewbacca? Like, <laughs> why do I need a backstory of how he met Chewbacca? I don't care. He's there. Like, I Well, know. I will let you borrow the movie. That way, you don't have to put any money towards it. Okay. But I, I think it's worth seeing. Sir. Right. It's a lot of fun. How does, um, uh, what's his name? Childish Gambino do? Denal Glover. Denal Glover, yes. He He's actually really, really great. He's one of the highlights of the film, I think. Uh, I believe it. Yeah. It's it's like, I, without giving away anything. You can it, give it away. It's fine. <laughs> I, know I already that. know what happens. He ends up in Star Wars. <laughs> Hey, Chewie, look at this cool bar we should go check out. 
Yeah, I know. There seems to be a lot of weird characters in here. Oh, look, it's my pal Greedo. So, am I right? No, actually, you're not. Oh, but um, I know you can do a lot of impressions really well, but I never knew you could do Chewbacca. Yeah, rest in peace, Peter Mayhew. Yeah. Oh my God! Did you see like that one cartoon the guy did, (laughs) where like? It's Peter Mayhew, but he's just dressed up as Chewbacca walking into the pearly gates. And it's like God. And he's like, pardon? Uh, it's like, so you're saying when he dies, he's just automatically in the Chewbacca costume? Like, what? I don't know. Yeah. I get what you're going for. But I don't know. Stop. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I don't really like those kind of things. Yeah. When people do that. I, I know their heart's in the right place, but no, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. No, that kind of stuff just doesn't sit well with me personally. You know, there's much better tribute that you could give him than that. Right. I don't know. Like, I'm not offended by it. It's no, just, it's just like, really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I not to sidetrack too much off of here, but I'm I'm all about all the nerd stuff. And this is like one heck of a nerdy month right now. Had, um, whatchamacallit, uh, not Infinity War. An Endgame come out. Yep. Pretty soon, MegaCon <clears throat> will be here. Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. He's, right he's going to be my best friend because <laughs> he loves his coffee just like us. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. A little guy just snacking it all down. Oh, yeah. The trailer. <laughs> I would love to make Detective Pikachu some coffee. I, I challenge accepted. Mm. I, I, oh, that'd be great. Imagine, imagine if our podcast was big enough where we can get somebody like Ryan Reynolds on here. No, I don't want Ryan Reynolds. I want Detective Pikachu. Oh, you want an actual Pikachu? CGI Detective Pikachu in my room. Uh, me brewing coffee for him. You interacting with him. Yes, of course. I'd pay good money to see that. Me too. I, I'd pay good Monopoly money to see that. <laughs> CGI Monopoly money. <laughs> CGI Monopoly money. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what's the currency that they use in Pokemon? I'm, I can't remember. I haven't played the game since I was a kid. Isn't it yen? Is it yen? Okay. I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd pay good yen uh, then to see that. I do have a Pokemon Monopoly game, so technically I could use Pokemon Monopoly money. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See, y- y- your apartment has quite a few nerdier things than I expected. Quite a little treasures here. And uh, speaking of which, I didn't get to show you this live and in person yet, but... um. So, because we are doing Vampire Weekend's Father of the Bride today, both John and I pre-ordered the special edition, right? You got the orange one? Yes, sir. Translucent orange. So, on Instagram, uh, Ezra Koenig, lead singer, posted that they were signing random LPs and just kind of mailing them out, and I got one of the signed ones. So, it came with the album, just wrapped up, and then underneath it was just the album sleeve with them, their signatures on it. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's that so is cool. beautiful. I really like the art on here too. I thought it was kind of simple, but like, it's like pressed up. Like the, there's like a globe that says "Father of the Bride" around it with Vampire Weekend on it. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that um, LCD Sound System album yes. a little bit in the simplicity, but the inside's gorgeous. I think so too, as well. Yeah, it's got like a girl looking out on a. I guess I assume it's New York. Uh, yeah, I, yep. I think I think you're right. Yeah, it, at least it looks like it. The girls of Vampire Weekend. I guess that's one of the Heim sisters, I would imagine. Is it? I I, I would think so. Huh. It, it it looks like her. 
More on that in a little bit. Oh, Heim. Heim. Well, thank you for showing that to me. Um, I will try to resist the urge to steal it from you. <laughs> you can pry it from my dead bare hands. <laughs> but yeah, you, you lucked out, man. Awesome. Well, yeah. well, well deserved. It was kind of funny because I opened it up. I'm like, oh, I didn't get the signed album, whatever. And then I pull it out and then I see it underneath. I'm like, <gasps> that's so awesome, oh. man. It's crazy. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think them doing that is really, really cool. Yeah. I, I, nice I, I like touch. it when they do that. Yeah. Nice little touch. So for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> we'll give a kind of quick synopsis about Vampire Weekend. Won't take too long here, but it is definitely worthy for those of you who do not know them. And if you don't know them, we do highly recommend checking them out because they were kind of a staple indie band in the late 2000s, 2010s, coming up with three different albums, coming out with three different albums that are kind of considered the high points of indie rock music with infusions of afro pop melodies and rhythms there's kind of like that joyful kind of upbeat summertime like, vibe like, to their music like hipster paul simon yes this is the they write music for those who like to sit on your porch and sip white wine in the uh, cape cod area <laughs> a, lot of jo- a lot of jokes about you know the band's ethnicity and kind of the music they produce but in fairness, they do make good music, and you cannot deny their influence on the indie crowd today. Exactly. Yeah, they really broke out in the scene in 2008 with their self-titled album. Then after that, they had Contra. And then after that, they had Modern Vampires of the City. Now, Modern Vampires of the City came out in 2013. So there's been a six-year gap between that album and the one we're going to be talking about today. Yep. And in between that six-year gap, a lot has changed, quite a lot, actually. They lost one of their founding members in Rotstam. Yep, who's doing his own solo stuff, but does help produce two of the songs on this album. Mm-hmm. And also produced that really excellent I Had a Dream You Were Mine album, which I have to plug that because I just love that album oh, it's so much. with uh, Hamilton Lighthouser. Yep, formerly from The Walkman. And on top of that, they like you had mentioned earlier, went on to a major record label, Sony Columbia. And on top of it, too, Ezra's now father, too. Uh-huh. So a lot of changes from a band perspective and a lot of changes from a personal perspective. And six years is kind of a long time. It sure is. I can. It felt like a long time. It definitely did. Especially since there were so many rumors of, are they coming back? They're working on the new album, which I think was like allegedly called Mitsubishi Macchiato or something. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know. It was rumored to be called that. And then they dropped, I believe in 2018, like towards the end of the year, they dropped their new single, Harmony Hall. (laughs) Actually, the way they did it first was they posted on their Instagram page a guitar tab of the guitar part. And they said, okay, you can figure it out, but we'll release the single in the morning. And they mm-hmm. did the same thing for Sunflower and a couple of the other songs that they were teasing prior before. But they did basically like a tease of two songs every month leading up to the album release. And this and, new album, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say just it woke. I, we talked about it on the podcast too, but the changes was very evident. And I think Pitchfork put it best saying it was like it was like an old friend, like greeting an old friend. But, you know, there's like a lot of change in it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, I know our initial reaction to those songs were kind of like, all right, this isn't bad. We're enjoying this. There's, 
things there that are Vampire it was Weekend. Very jam bandy. We got a lot of Grateful Dead vibes from them, as most people have. But I mean, even before this album came out, Harmony Hall really grew on me, and I really, really like that song. I just think it's I would agree beautifully too. arranged. I think it drives when it needs to. The chorus is booming and beautiful, and I just the lyrics are really good too. And this is also it's worth mentioning that this is also a double LP too. So there's 18 tracks clocking in just under an hour. Yep. 58 minutes. So, and this is kind of a tale of two halves here. So as we're kind of going through a review of this album, it's definitely important to note that there's a lot of different styles that are throughout this. And that was very evident with the, first two singles that they had off of this previously mentioned harmony hall and then sunflower sunflower which i think was even more radically different from harmony hall which has a like wordless solo it's like it's interesting i feel like in every vampire weekend album they always have to flex a little bit Mm -hmm. so like on contra you had cousins and Mm -hmm. now kind of this is like the cousins of Hmm. this album I could see that. This is interesting, too, because I used to watch videos, just like old Vampire Weekend videos, and there's videos of Ezra like showing people how to play like a punk. And he goes, eh, I'm not really that good of a guitar player. I just, you know, this part, you don't have to do anything. It's cool. Like, it's the part where it's like, look outside the ring, because there's no guitar there. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, from going from that to this album, like, there are a lot of, like, almost proggy elements to it as well with the timing and just the tightness of this band, especially on the Sun Sunflower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that completely. Um, and the one thing you've never seen them live before, right? I'm going to. Yes, we are going to. Yes, we later are. On this year, because they're currently on tour, a huge, massive tour yep. across the United States. They'll be coming to St. Augustine, which is where we'll be seeing them. Yep. Very excited about that. Um, they are a very tight band, and I think that is still evident oh, on yeah. this album. I think they're a band <clears throat> that's great live and i'm very very excited to see all these new elements that are incorporated on this album in a live setting because you know the initial return of vampire weekend like it had a lot of hype behind it we were all excited we wanted these guys back there's a sense of charm and a sense of wit and just to your point like they are kind of like an old friend they're albums that by this point we've grown up with now yeah and this new album is coming at at a different time in our lives and i feel like every time i listen to a vampire weekend album it gets better as i listen to it because it just grows on you mm-hmm. and then you realize like oh wow this is really catchier oh i really like this element of it and i think you know kind of jumping into what we think about this album here but every song on here is so different yes in a good way The key term that a lot of people have been saying about this album is that it's looser than their previous stuff. Now, you'll notice right off the bat that this is definitely a more polished and more produced album compared to their earlier stuff. And I'm not saying that in a, like, oh, they've sold out or anything like that. No, it's similar to the Danger Mouse Parquet Quartz album. He brings out the best in what they are in a larger sound. And I think producing this album 
brings out the best of who Vampire Weekend is with a larger sound. You know, they have more band members now, so they're incorporating different ideas and instrumentations into their thing. I mean, they kind of did that before with like strings and violins, but really making these guys the core members of their band now. Agreed. And they use the opportunity of being on a major label to good effect by bringing on a lot of guests on this. Heim, specifically uh, Danielle Heim, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, features quite a bit on this album yeah we've also got jenny lewis appearing on his track wait which one's she on uh 2021 oh okay Mm -hmm. and then we've also got steve lacy from the internet uh appearing on two tracks sunflower and flower moon Mm -hmm. the latter which is i love that song so much i can't get enough of that one so you know the the aspect that they're on a major label yes they definitely sound as clean as they ever had before. Like the indie aspect isn't really there anymore. Well, I would say too, even on modern vampires of the city, they were going for that sound. They were experimenting a lot with auto tune, mm. but auto tune was used very interestingly on that album. It wasn't used to like really correct his voice, but just to kind of create an atmosphere. And there are a couple songs on here that heavily modulate his voice, but it kind of just like works. Exactly. Yeah. And and to your point, the people who are brought on here are here to supplement their work. They're not there to overtake it. They're there because it really feels like, okay, I have a role for Danielle to play. Like, I'm not just bringing her on because I can. Right. Like, no, they... I had this idea, and I think she would be great to work with it. Like, the idea came first, you can tell. Right. And they kind of wrote around it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, the other thing that's interesting too, is that you mentioned this previously a little bit as well. Rostam does come back. He kind of co-produces on two tracks. Yeah. He did Harmony Hall and We Belong Together, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he, his influence isn't completely gone. No. And you can definitely hear traces of their old sound in there. Yeah. But he, 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 his presence is definitely missed, I think. And not in a way like, oh, well, it's because it doesn't sound like the old stuff. Well, because I just think he's, he brings something. He really does bring something to the band. Yeah. And I, that's not a deterrent for this album. I'm not trying to knock it for saying like, oh, I don't like this album as much because he's not on there. But you definitely notice a difference between those earlier albums and this one with him not being involved. Well, I mean, yeah, the band generally has kind of moved directions into being more kind of like jam band kind of thing. Agreed. Not in a bad way, of course. No. Just different. That's all. No. But But it's bringing those elements of Vampire Weekend into a new genre. Exactly. I would agree with that. And I think the jam aspects really appear more on the second LP. Like the first LP, I think, is kind of more in line with what we've heard from them before. Yeah. And then you kind of get into Rich Man and Married in a Gold Rush. And then kind of the whole album kind of changes a little bit. Yeah. It's working its way up. Yep. It's. From a song structure standpoint, it's very smart with what they did because they don't hit you right off the bat with like, well, we're going right into being a jam band. They kind of work their way into it and it kind of gets more experimental as the album goes along. Yeah, I agree. So with the second half being more experimental and the first half kind of being similar to the good old vampire weekend that we know, so to speak, I feel like the first half is the transition in a way for Ezra and all the personal things that he's kind of going through. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of an existential crisis 
that's going on. And I really like the aspect that he points out on one song. There's like a little sound clip where he says like, you know, I, you know, I want to be serious, but not that serious. I think the line is, yeah. I, I could be wrong. It's, it's something like that. It's, it's, it's something like that. Like, and that's kind of a good overarching theme for this whole album. I think it's serious, but it's not that serious. Yeah. There's a lot of, as structured and precise as these songs are, there's a lot of fun to it too. Like there's a lot of songs you can get up and dance to and just kind of jam. And you know, it, it's very jam bandy, which I think really appeals to them and kind of what they want to go for now. Mm-hmm. I agree. And the album really kind of starts off very, a lot more personal, mm-hmm. I think than the second half. Um, there are songs about being very thankful for, what you have and you know just you're you're totally blown away by you know the people that you have in your life with rich man mm-hmm. and then there's my mistake which you know i definitely think talks about infidelity and you know possibly cheating on somebody um i think there are songs about relationships just kind of crumbling apart like and you can tell on the horizon like that the avalanche is coming and something like unbearably white mm-hmm. like these are a lot of like very universal themes yeah so, but the way they do it is very smart they approach you know their lyrics in a smart way like they could talk about heartbreak but use a lot of good metaphors and similes and stuff agreed i don't think the lyrics are as complex or as playful or even as deep as they were in their earlier stuff yeah definitely a lot poppier now yes but it kind of fits with what they're doing so I, I, I agree. You're not going to get any uh, lyrics on this like, you know, Little John, he always tells the truth, that one. Yeah. Like, well, it's the, a different band, too, you know, at the time. Yes. They're young. They're, you know, kind of having fun and experimenting and trying to do some good wordplay here and there. Yeah. This is definitely more mature songwriting mm-hmm. from Ezra. And I think these lyrics, while they're not, I'm not trying to say that they're bad by any stretch of the imagination are intentionally simple I feel at like, some points. You know the song Holiday yeah. of Contra? I feel like it's that kind of style. Like It's a good Vampire Weekend song, and it complicates a lot of what they're about, but it's a very simple kind of song, and a lot of these are simple in the lyrics in that way in describing what the song is about. There's a lot of things that he leaves up to the listener to infer or to kind of fill in the blanks on. These are things that, you know, there's songs on here that anybody could identify with. And I think leaving it simple is fine because in the grand scheme of things, you don't need all the finer details, like the mood and the kind of storytelling that he's creating is strong enough not to like really put too much overbearing weight on these lyrics. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the, yeah, they're, they're not as deep as they once were before. But they don't have to be because no. there's a lot of other things in this album that work. And-, and then on the second LP, that's when kind of everything changes gears, when everything really goes off in a really exciting and different direction. Yeah, There are sounds and all this kind of stuff that they've never done before. Yeah, it's like a weird country western vibe almost. In yeah, some right? Place. Yeah, yeah. There's still some bits of like African influence in there and, you know, the jam band aspect really gets played up a lot more. Mm -hmm. I think he was using a talk box later on on the track uh, Spring Snow. Now, this side 
I had to kind of spend a little bit more time with because initially I wasn't quite sure how I felt about it. Not that I thought it was bad, but the second LP, I think, definitely takes a lot more to digest. And for me, at least, like the song We Belong Together, while intentionally simple by Ezra, like, you know, he kind of basically put out there that like, you know, oh, I just had these simple lyrics and, you know, I just wanted to keep it as simple as possible. That's the song that works least for me mm-hmm. on this album. Not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Still very listenable. Interesting, too, because Rostam worked on that one, too. So if anything, that's the one that should have worked. It just sounds like it's ready to be played on the radio. I mean, there's they have their radio-friendly songs, too. You know, I, I know. I just think that I'm going to be listening to this track quite but a bit also too, movie trailers it, coming up. Right, but you know... If you're on Sony, right, like a lot of their movie, their probably albums get used in movies and stuff. So they want, you know, a big song to make and sell and do things with. I swear, Harmony Hall to me sounds like it should be in a car commercial. Like the part, <laughs> do, 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 introducing the Toyota Chevy. I'm not good with cars, but you know what I mean? I, like, like that ending part sounds like it should be in a car commercial. No, I get that. I yeah. get that. And and I'm not trying to Heck, come they off. used giving up the gun in a car commercial. So That's true. That's true. There's but, always been that line of, yes, we make indie music, but also it could work in a very, you know, popular setting as well. I just think it's too simple from them, and it's kind of kitschy. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's on the verge of just being a corny song. Yeah. And I don't want corny from these guys. But, hey, 18 songs, one corny one, I'll take it. Yes. Exactly. To, to your point, And it's I agree. interesting, too, because, you know, even though we're talking about the second half of the album, each of these songs has a unique flavor and style that don't even repeat the themes and elements of other songs on it either. So it's kind of cool to see them incorporate an album and di- get different sounds and styles from all the people in this band. I agree. And then the closing track, and I feel like they always do a good job with their closing tracks yeah. on their album. I was trying to think, like... I was like thinking syllables like the kids don't stand a chance in like Jerusalem, New York, Berlin, if they had the same amount of civil syllables, but they don't. Well, I, I also want to talk to you about this song because I feel like I'm missing something from it and I didn't want to look it up because I was wondering if there was something that you picked up on that because I feel like Jerusalem, New York, Berlin, that's kind of like where the whole like album cover comes into play. Right. Like, I th- and I think, too, like on the inside of the album, there's like a poster and I th- every song has like a symbol associated with it. So yeah. I feel like there's more like religious aspects to this album yes. that connect between like religion and love and things like that. So I probably where that comes from. I, I just love that line so much on there. The uh, all I do is lose all I wants to win. So do you think like he moved like there's different people? Or he traveled, or could be anything, really. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, like... It also could be, like, also, you know, like, Jerusalem has holy land. New York, you know, culturally is a holy land in Berlin. Yes. Something like that. See, I, I knew talking to you about <laughs> it, you would be able to connect the dots. Because I didn't want to look it up. I didn't want to, because I didn't want to look at, like, other thoughts and have that influence mine. Right. And I, but I had a feeling like listening to that, like Adam would know, Adam would know because Adam's smart like that. And he would connect all the dots and you just did. That's exactly what it is. Mind blown. I mean, that has to be it. It's gotta be. 
I mean, watch, I'm going to go listen to Time Crisis where he breaks down all the songs and he's like, well, well, actually, it was just because I went to all those places on a tour once. You know? <laughs> Did you see that article that came out that, said, that he said uh, Echo to the Dolphin helped inspire him to write this album? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was pretty great. <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love that last track so much. I mean, there's just... They know how to close an album. They do. There's just simple lyrics like that where I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to die that are just... They just, he nails it. He nails it. They're not overly complicated, but they hit the mark. They hit the mark. And I think that's what this album is filled with. Just very simple yet effective lyrics. And that's why I really enjoy it so much. So, um, and I'll, I'll go into my final thoughts or you can take away. I've been talking a while here. No, you're good. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously we both <laughs> very much like this album and I feel like, out of everything I've listened to so far this year, I don't know if it's just because it's Vampire Weekend or just something really clicked with me, but everything on here worked. I, I like the new direction the band is going, and I'm glad we didn't get another, you know, Vampire Weekend 1 album because not that it would have been boring, but it wouldn't have been worth the hype. You know, mm. it's just like, up oh, they're just doing what they normally do. Yeah. And I feel like this new jam bandy vibe they're going for really accentuates who they are and how far they've come as a band. I... I've seen people complain about the length of this album. I didn't find it to be too long at all. Honestly, I think everything was really cool and like flowed together very well. There wasn't a lot of like, Oh, I'm bored by this song or that song. And even if you are just change the track and literally it'll be like a different style and song. So I think there's a lot of still to uncover of this and listen to it more of, but I'm really glad I own this and I definitely am going to give it our top rating of gotta have it. Uh, about the I, same for you sir <laughs> I, I i i'm laughing because you you and i we wait until we record the podcast to talk about the albums that we're going to review we try not to give away anything mm -hmm. we might say to each other like oh yeah i really like it yep and we both said the same thing and i was like i i was convinced leading up to this that i was going to give it the highest rating and you weren't oh like, interesting i was convinced you were going to give it a own it but i am definitely giving this a gotta have it and it's this album isn't perfect it's not it, but it does something just so well and i part of it i can't describe like you, you ever listen to an album and you just get that feeling yeah it's like something special is going on yeah here. you can tell there's just a lot of passion behind it too yeah and i mean this is definitely ezra's album and maybe that's part of the reason why Rotstam doesn't really, you know, work with them anymore. Maybe he wanted more of his say in there. Mm -hmm. Maybe he wanted to sing more. I don't know. But the stuff that Ezra puts into the songs from a songwriting aspect, from a, you know, like just a song structure, like you, you, you absolutely hit it right on the head where like no two songs sound the same on this album. I think that what he tells here is just very interesting. He's kind of an indie rock star in a way, Ezra. Like he's someone who could be sitting courtside at a Knicks game right next to Jay-Z. But he also is just like this humble guy who has this little radio show. I mean, I know it's not really little, but I mean, he, he, yeah. he, he, he has a radio show called Time Crisis <laughs> that starts off with a ABBA song. Like this is, he's, he's the cool kid who doesn't think he's too cool to hang out with you. Yeah. 
you know? Very humble guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, he doesn't dress up in lavish outfits or anything like that. He's the type of guy that would go up and play a show in sandals and socks. Yep. (laughs) But he's cool. But he's cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've always kind of felt like if I ever had the chance to meet him, he would just be like a nice, chill guy, you know? Where for him, it's like, you know, no big deal. Yep. This, This is who I am. I don't need to be something that I'm not. And there's a very much a world aspect to this. So the front cover of this album, Father of the Bride, I, I realized I said the Father of the Bride at the beginning. It should, it's just Father of the Bride. Please, the Father of the Bride is my father. <laughs> it has a world, it has the earth on it, because this album goes so many different places. It traverses so many different genres of music. And all that is encompassed on one album. This is very ambitious from them. And while the indie aspect might be kind of gone, we might not have the really deep and kind of like fun lyrics that we once had with these guys. But I think if you're one of those people, one of those Vampire Weekend fans where you're a little iffy, keep on giving this album a chance because I think it only gets better with repeat listens. And honestly, for me, this is probably going to go down as one of my favorites of the year. I genuinely can't get enough of this album. I've been listening to it nonstop since I've gotten it. And I really like the direction that's going here. I don't mind all the things that are that are here. And I don't mind if they're on Columbia. As long as that personality and the storytelling and the rich diversity of different musical styles that they, they bring in keep on coming here. For oh, me... Yeah. Like, I I can't, I just can't get enough of it. It's so good. And there's just an aspect that I can't describe because there's just something that clicks. And I can see why it won't click for some people. But for me, I've found this to be a very rewarding experience. And honestly, I can't wait to listen to this again today. Heck yes. So it is absolutely, I gotta have it. So um, you, yeah. you, you know what else I gotta have? I gotta have some more coffee. I'm here, out. So. I, I finished like. 10 minutes ago I, I i i know i i although i can see that knee shaking up and down there that's <laughs> well, fine i'll have i'll have another cup it's, yeah, a, it's, it's yeah. okay it's yeah. okay and before we go quick shout out because we've been running long here quick shout out to our good buddies at jp's classic cold brew they are now serving bottles at park Ave cds what a combination look at them go so now when we pick up our vinyls we'll be picking up cold brew too as well that's just that's beautiful that's beautiful. I love it. I absolutely love it, sir. Beautiful how it works out. So please support them. They're great guys, and they make great cold brew. Also support us. <laughs> We're on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and we have a website, which is g4dpodcast.com, where you can download all of our episodes, rate us five stars. We'll read your review here, and you can be our fan of the episode week however long it takes to someone else reviews us let us know what you think of our thoughts are we completely wrong did you hate the new vampire weekend album we want to know come on tell us tell us please show yeah. us why yeah show us why and we'll tell you why you're wrong no no no, no. john will <laughs> yeah I, I, adam's not as aggressive as i am not usually yeah <laughs> You need more coffee to get to that point, right? Exactly. (laughs) Anyways, thank you all for listening. We love you lots. And we'll see you next time on another episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. discussion. Bye. Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, 
Twitter and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4Dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.